0: Welcome to the soccer podcast where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world and everything in between. My name is Sebastian. And this week I'm joined here by Duane.
1: Sebastian, how was your week this week?
0: It, it, hectic, to say the least. Organized chaos, right? Something like that. Um, today was my f- or this week was my first week of uh, high school practices. Um, so, you know, that that came in with a uh, ton of some different things uh, at Odessa, Uh really got to be on the turf field for the very first time, which I was excited about because I had not been on the turf field yet. Um, so it's a beautiful stadium. So I'm really excited to be there, you know, go ducks. Um, and then yesterday was my first uh, three days uh, where uh, from Tuesday and Thursdays, I uh, coached three practices in one day, all back to back to back.
1: There you go. Hey, now so, you now you understand what some of your coaches go through you coach one team. Well, you coach two teams, I guess. But you don't coach three
0: practices. You don't coach three practices in a day.
1: I would argue that my day job is like coaching a practice.
0: Well, yeah, fine, fair <laughs> enough. But yeah. That's um, chaos right
1: there. Yeah,
0: fair enough. Um so yeah, no, it was, it's it's fine. Listen, I whenever I get to be on a soccer field, this it's where that's where I feel the most comfortable uh as probably as a human being. So um so I'm I'm excited for for the season with Odessa. I'm excited for the season with the 2010s, and I'm excited for the season with the 08. Uh,
1: so it's it's been it's been a good week. How about how how was your week, dude? Uh, crazy. I mean, thinking about it, I was up at the new Slazzy Adams Stadium. That's right. Of stadiums, world class stadium right there. Uh, I know Odessa is a brand new high school, but unless you have Tesla chargers in your parking lot, you can't beat it. So yeah. I, was, I was able to play in there with the uh, 07, 08, and 09 boys this weekend. And, you know, we got to get out there and play. Um, didn't get the result we wanted, but we got they got to see, hey, everything we've been working on at practice makes sense. And we got to do it full field. So they were able to get up and at it. And, you know, we got to train twice this week. We actually scrimmage you with know, the sixes last night. And that went really good. I was actually surprised that, you know, we – Kind of played up to their level. Good. Um, so yeah, we're getting ready to get the ball rolling for the for the spring season. We got a jam packed season.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically for you, starting uh, what next week or the week after. Basically, you don't stop until um, I don't know <laughs> next year.
1: <Yeah. laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. Year.
0: Yeah, um, and then you know we we had some we had some play days with the with the girls um on saturday that also went really well we had some inner club play days you know the the O eights played the 09s nines and 11 v 11 so that was really good uh 07s played the 06s, sixes the nines played the tens and 99 so overall good days to to be outside the weather looks like it's starting to possibly make a turn um in a positive manner or, or at least a warmer part of the year which is which is nice so we'll be able to be back out on the field and then uh, we'll be back out in the field tomorrow. Actually. I mean, we don't have to wait that long. Um, oh yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah you and the event tomorrow.
0: Yeah. We have our first like official ASPI event um, with Delaware union and forever fit foundation. Uh, so forever fit foundation is a uh, gym in Dover uh, right around the corner from um, from Kent County parks and rec. Um, so we are doing an event with them where they're gonna come in and teach our players the FIFA 11 plus warmup. Um, and they're gonna go through the reason of why the body mechanics um, are what they are um, and explain it to them, which I think is extremely important for our players to understand. Um, and then we're gonna do a technical training session as well. So.
1: Yeah, so and you got two boys teams heading out to uh, Maryland this weekend, the 2003 yeah. boys and the 2006 boys. Yeah, they season.
0: Yeah, they're going down to the um, uh the Steel United uh Baltimore tournament. Um so yeah, so so going down there. So um, you know, we'll we'll talk to them next week. Maybe maybe Soccer Dan uh, makes a return to give us a, a full recap of the game.
1: Oh yeah. I'll yeah. Be looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, for sure. So we'll we'll reach out to his people and see if we can get we can get on his schedule. Uh he's a tough, he's a tough guy to to get a hold of. So uh, from a scheduling perspective, he responds to text messages, but, you know, to Too try major. to actually, you know, to, to that, to be able to get like 20 minutes with them is there's an appearance fee you have to pay and all this other stuff that it just, it becomes very difficult. Um, but yeah, so, um, so hopefully we'll get some pictures actually this weekend from, from all the events. Um, and obviously you can always check those out at facebook.com slash Delaware union on Instagram at Delaware union soccer and on Twitter at DE union soccer. And then in one week from tomorrow, we will have our tryout with the Delaware Union Diamonds. Um, so that's going to be going on from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Um, all that information is on our website at DelawareUnion.com. Uh, or you can always follow the Delaware Union Diamonds, which is our women's team that we'll have for this summer. Um, which is Facebook.com slash DE Union Diamonds and on Instagram at DE Union Diamonds. All right, Dwayne, we've talked about something we're doing this summer, and we actually get to talk to the person who I first connected with uh, when it comes to our summer team with the UWS. Um, And not only that, she is the executive director of the UWS. She's also the co-owner of the Lancaster Inferno, who we have to play against this summer. Stephanie Cleves is on the podcast today. Stephanie, how are you?
2: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, thanks for coming on. Um, so, all right, right off the bat, are you, uh, you know, are you playing, a, or is, the, is the Inferno 2 playing in a 4-3-3, what we... <laughs> <laughs> Can we get an early scouting report right that way? That way we can get a little inside scoop.
2: Well, it kind of depends on who shows up. I mean, we <laughs> have our first tryout uh, this Sunday, and we'll kind of base the formation off of what we have to work with, you know?
0: Oh man, she, so. she, she didn't <laughs> want to, she didn't, she didn't want to give us, she didn't want to give us a little scouting report. That's okay.
1: As if she doesn't know who shows up to the tryout. Right.
2: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um,
0: So Stephanie, um, it's awesome for you to be on the podcast. You and I've talked, I mean, what seems to be a long time ago, but it really wasn't, uh, when, when we reached out about Delaware union being part of UWS2 and we, um, we had a really good conversation over the phone. I think our values really lined up, uh, which is why we're part of the UWS. I think what you're doing in a, from a league perspective uh, really matches up with what we're doing, but you know, I didn't really get to ask much about the history outside of what I, what I saw and what you told me, but like really the, the true history of the UWS. So how did the idea for the UWS come about?
2: Yeah. So the league was, was founded in, December 2015, uh, by a group of clubs who basically just wanted a better platform for women. Um, one of the founding clubs was Lancaster Inferno. Um, and we were just tired of the inconsistencies regarding the level of competition. And also we were tired of the lack of standards that were prevalent in the only amateur women's league that existed at the time. Um, so the founders of UWS wanted something that offered, you know, their players and fans, a positive experience and just an overall, you know, respect for the women's game. You know, we wanted something, just a better platform overall. Um, So with that, the league's inaugural season was in 2016 and, you know, we actually only started with 11 teams. Um, And, you know, since then we've, We've grown quite a bit, um, yeah. which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, so yeah, we're here today with over 80 teams in the U.S. and Canada and two levels of competition between UWS and UWS League 2.
1: That's
0: awesome. And, uh, and recently, there was an announcement that came out that you're you're, you're looking at basically expanding to a third level. Uh, now, so can you talk about your the announcement that was made the relationship between the UWS and uh, NISA?
2: Yeah. Um. So we recently announced um, that an alliance with the Men's Pro League, NISA, um, and we we've agreed to launch a professional level in 2022. So uh, we're working with Club Nine Sports, um, who actually helped NISA. Uh through the sanctioning process to professional status. Um, and uh, Carrie Taylor was appointed the managing director of the project. Um, so we're in the beginning stages of the process. And um, we've already had quite a few clubs reach out with an interest.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's and when we when we look at it, right? So <clears throat> is your, your idea is not necessarily to try to compete with the NWSL, correct?
2: Right. Uh, we're applying for, uh, division two status because that doesn't currently exist. Yep. Um, it's just the NWSL with, you know, 10 teams currently. And, um, you know, there's a need for sure for, for another level. So many players that don't get drafted or, they do get drafted but they're not quite ready you know to like how many players are actually ready to step on the field out of college you know as a starter you know there isn't a league that exists that really provides them with that experience um to get them to that level
0: well for sure and here's the other part of this and i'm I'm trying to look up some stats here because this is something that you brought up that's really interesting so The uh, NWSL currently has a total of ten teams, as you mentioned. So, if we look at a roster and a professional team between any between twenty five and thirty players, let's just say, right? You're talking you're talking three hundred players, really? When we look at the number of at least just on the college side, right? That's a there's way more than thirty college or three hundred college players, obviously, Um, and not to mention the players that have graduated from college or the players that maybe from high school could potentially be ready for for a professional uh team or this might be the stepping stone for them to be able to get them to that next level. Uh I think, you know, I think what you're doing is fantastic. Um there's a couple of things that that stood out to me even when we were first talking about why the UWS was founded was the idea of standards. Um and the idea of of making sure that there's a pathway that makes sense for players, that isn't just constantly changing. Um, and I think consistency is such a key thing for for players, um, especially this time now, right? I mean, you, you look at the amount of college players that right now have some unknown stuff going on because of COVID and potentially their their you know college scholarships or you know even the players that now are not able to be recruited because the schools that they were hoping to go to have extended, you know, one more year for the players that are currently there. So there's a lot going on. So being able to have consistency in a league, I think is
2: extremely important. Yeah. There's just, you know, such a huge gap that exists on the women's side, you know, between college and pro and, you know, that's what we're really, that's why we exist. I mean, we want to fill that gap and, um, you know, as you know, on the men's side, there's way more opportunities. Yeah, you know, for the amateur player and um, to pro.
0: Yeah. So. No, I think that I think that's great, and it's, it's it's really interesting. And I thought about I thought about everything going on with the UWS the other day. I turned on the TV, and I forget what channel it was that I was watching. That all of a sudden, a um uh, a new professional volleyball league started over the over this time, and and so they're they're broadcasting the games over four days or something like that. And I turned to my wife and I was like, this is why I'm part of the UWS because I think not because I want to be on TV, but, um, but, but it's because, but it's because I think, I think we're, we're in the right time to, to be a part of this, this continuing growth for women's soccer all over the country and even into Canada as well, that we can hope that, there are, there is way more accessibility to watch games and for players because somebody needs somebody to look up to, right? Right now, right. the standard to a certain extent is the women's national team. So, which is great. And, and it's great for players to hope to be on the national team. But again, the national team only has so many roster spots available. Uh, so if, if ultimately your goal is to get to the national team and that's the only thing you look at, then that becomes difficult. So you know, this idea of, of younger players becoming a fan, A, of potentially their local soccer club, right? Or or their area club, right? I look at Lancaster Inferno and this there's a ton of players in that area that are going to be hopefully coming out to your games. Well, you know, obviously big COVID guidelines permitting, right. but but there's a, hopefully a ton of players that are coming out to your games. And same idea with us at Delaware Union with the Diamonds this year. We hope that, you know, a a 10, 12, 13, 14 year old watches the game and goes, Oh man, I want to play there when I'm, when I'm 18, 19 years old, you know? Um, So what what you're doing in general, I think is fantastic. Um, So did you expect the the growth that you've, that you've achieved over the last five years?
2: Well, I mean, I've always seen the potential. I've always believed in, in the league and and the mission. Um, But, No, I, I, I mean, our goal isn't to be the biggest. I say this a lot. Our goal isn't to be the biggest it's to be the best. Um, but it's true. Um, however, like we, we have attracted a lot of like-minded clubs such as yourself, you know, that share in our values of doing things the right way. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we've, we've grown from the 11 teams in 2016 to 80 plus teams. and I think, I mean, I know that we're actually the only uh, pro-am women's soccer league with the format of UWS and UWS League Two. You know, the two two levels yeah. um, to help fill that gap between college and pro. So, yeah, I'm super excited about the future of women's soccer no, and being part sure. of it.
0: For sure, and that's that's why, and that's why I'm a part of it too. You know, I think for me, and we we had this conversation before we started recording. Um that I don't coach boys soccer anymore uh, nor do I ever really think I'm going to uh, because I, I just enjoy the women's game and being a part of, of being able to grow, um, grow a league that, that, that I think is really doing the right things for, for women's soccer at all levels of the game. And I think that's what it comes down to. Um, So, uh, so let's talk about the Lancaster Inferno uh, because one of the things we're going to start doing is we're going to start bringing in the 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 clubs and the people from the clubs that are part of the teams that we're going to be playing against. Uh, not necessarily to get a scouting report on them, but mostly just to learn more about them. Um, so so in general, how how are things going with the Lancaster Inferno? What you know, how are the planning stages going? Considering obviously last year there wasn't a season and this year. You have, you're, you're looking to fill two teams basically. So how, how are the planning stages going?
2: It's going well. Um, you know, our tryout is much later than we normally have it. We usually have it, um, in, in early January when the college kids are home and, um, we weren't able to this year. Um, so we actually have our first tryout this Sunday um, and I, I'm expecting it to be a lot of younger players. I mean yeah. I've looked at the registrations and they are younger but um, you know not not many college kids or players that are post college players um, but you know I'm excited I, th- I think we'll have a, a strong you know first team reserve squad and um, the players are just are excited to get back out there because, last season wasn't a true, you know, regular season. We got some scrimmages in and we got to practice,
1: yeah. but
2: you know, it was different.
1: Sure. Um,
2: and, uh, you know, one of my best friends is on the team, actually. Uh, she's 32. Oh, um, nice. yeah. And she played professionally overseas. She was drafted, uh, to the Philadelphia independence and ended up playing professionally in Iceland and Sweden and, we're just really lucky to have her on our team and she's, she's a captain. Um, but she, you know, it's, it's a challenge for those players that are out of school, you know, to, to that not really play year round and then come out for the season. Um, yeah. But she's been just 100% motivated to get back out there. And, you know, she's fit and ready and hungry. So <laughs> we're excited about that. Um, we recently launched a, uh, select a summer select program for youth players and it's an all girls program. This is something new to the club. Uh, it'll be run by the Lancaster Inferno players. So it really offers the youth, you know, those role models and learning firsthand from the players. Um, and then another thing that, you know, we're working on is offering uh, we're, we'll be hosting the USSFD course um, for all all women and for our players this summer. So we'll be announcing that soon. You're actually one of the first to know.
0: But. Oh, that's awesome! Really <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's great, and that's and what a in in what a great what a great initiative there. A to to have a uh, like a summer select program that's being coached by the by the players because. It gives you the ability for to hopefully develop future coaches as well, you know.
2: Yes, yes. That's the goal. And we can also, you know, employ them in the summer, you know, as coaches. Yeah. Uh so um, yeah, it's a win-win situation.
0: Yeah. I and, and the fact that you're hosting a D course is is awesome. Um I've seen that done a few times. I think. It, it might have not been a USSF one. It might have been a United Soccer Coaches course down at WAGS, I think, sure. or some something like that. Um, but but the initiative is so good, just because. Again, it's it sometimes the and, I, and I've sat through coaching courses where there's not a lot of female coaches, um, and, and it's it can be intimidating. Um, yeah it can be intimidating to, to want to speak up and things like that. So I think the fact that you're hosting an all women's coaching courses is, is awesome. Um, I think it, it'll create, ho- hopefully it'll create more, more coaches that are, that want to be around for a long time. Um, cause we, we need, we need more, more female coaches in the, in the community, especially for to grow women's soccer.
2: Yeah. I, um, when I took the D course and the C course, I actually took it with my dad. Um, but I was, you know, one of two women yeah. in each time and yeah, it was, it was weird. It, I mean, I felt, I felt confident because, you know, I know what I'm talking about and like, you know, I, I was eager to learn and, and meet other people, but you know, it would have been nice to have more women for sure. And it it would have been a different experience, I think. Um, yeah. and yeah, like you said, like being confident to speak up and everything, it it is a different environment, you know, to be in. Yeah. You know, to be a minority. So for sure. But I have my dad there. He had my back.
0: <laughs> who Larry, so, who was who was better, you or your dad in the course?
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would <laughs> stay up to like three AM. Well, maybe more like two AM. You know, working on the plan because I'm such a perfectionist and um, he didn't spend as much time as me, but, um, and he also would bring up, like, he would challenge the professor a lot, you know, because he questions things naturally, like as a, you know, passionate soccer guy, coach, um, and former player. But I, you know, I didn't do that. I kept my mouth shut and I was like, Hey, I want them to like me. You know, I want to, I want to pass, but I was actually kind of worried that they would, past me and not him because he would bring up (laughs) some stuff that you know they were like, I could tell like why are you challenging us?
0: (laughs) So Uh, that's that's funny. Um all right, so we wanna we wanna get to know you a little bit more in general. So these are these are some questions that we normally ask. Uh there's one that I think I left out and which is which is fine. Um we'll still ask it because I think I think it'll be a fun question. So but in general, how did you get started in coaching soccer? Because uh, we always we always want to find out people's history on how they started, uh, how they made the transition from being a player to then to then coaching.
2: Um, it was right out of college. Um, my dad actually was just he was encouraging me to apply for this volunteer position at, at a college, um, at Elizabethtown College, um, and I applied and. At first, I, I mean, I wouldn't have thought of it on my own. I just didn't really, I I don't know. I, soccer has always been a part of my life, but, and I had just graduated, but I just didn't think of it on my own. He actually kind of got me to apply, like he encouraged me to do it. And, you know, that helped a lot because I'm glad I took that route route because, um, you know, it led me to where I am today. So that's kind of how I started. And then I, it turned into a, a paid position as an assistant and for four years. Um, and then I got into the youth side and I coach ODP now as well.
0: Awesome. So then uh, we'll see, we'll see where we get, what, what kind of answer we get out of this question. And so, so Dwayne, we started this question the first day we had the podcast. So Dwayne worked at Hollister for all of 48 <laughs> hours. Um, just because uh he did and then also didn't like the job so he left um so
2: why why wouldn't you like it um
1: i don't like to fold my clothes Uh, (laughs) i don't like getting up early and it was a struggle to even get to work because i didn't know which entrance of the mall to go in
0: (laughs) uh yeah so um so we basically ask everybody that comes in or everybody that's a coach, the soccer coach, we ask them what other jobs might they've had um because okay. we all know soccer coaching uh you end up usually having to do other stuff at some point in your life. Um so what other jobs maybe have you had?
2: Like as a teenager or an yeah, adult? anything
0: whatever whatever you want that you want to share that maybe is on that like 48 hour Hollister.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: we're looking for interesting jobs here.
2: Well, uh, man, I was a hostess at okay. a, a fancy restaurant um, in Lancaster. Um, but then I had knee surgery. Okay, so the hostess job required me to go up and down the stairs and actually coat check as well in, in the winter. Um, and the closet was upstairs, so I had to you know run upstairs and down. And um, so. I actually got injured my senior year in high school and had to have surgery and, um, wasn't able to do the stairs anymore, (laughs) but, uh, they were like, yeah, I think we were kind of snooty there, but I guess I just didn't have (laughs) what it took for the job anymore. And they were just like, yeah, you can come back when you're able to walk again.
1: Wow. Yeah. They're not ADA compliant.
2: No, no. Oh,
1: Oh
0: man. Yeah. There's no way. First of all, I don't know if I'd have, I have what it takes to, to work in a restaurant to begin with B I know I don't have what it takes to be a host because I am, I am, there is no way I would want to speak to strangers ever or actually, or even smile uh, that that's a, that seems like a tough thing to do. And then thirdly, the idea of going up and downstairs constantly just seems exhausting. Yeah.
2: Uh, it was a lot of work. You
1: get people's codes that aren't going to tip you
2: actually no they tipped i oh. I had a big jar and it actually got stolen one time it was up in the entrance and someone stole it it was full of cash um but then like everybody pitched in they felt bad like the the workers you oh, know the employee nice. the employees I mean that's so. nice yeah
0: it's messed up that somebody stole your tip jar though
2: I know that's I know. too
0: much said I mean, I'm paying too much to get my coat go away that's really messed up, but it's really, that's. A, but see, everybody has a cool story about something that they might have done before. Um, <laughs> kind of messed up that you got, you got, you were told to only come back when you were able to go up and down the state. <laughs> they could have, they could have, they could have had you like get a runner or something that they could just run up and down and you could just be. Yeah. There.
2: An assistant. I yeah. should have had
0: one. Assistant, assistant coach checker.
2: I feel like you're entitled to
1: some money. You're gonna be on one of those commercials in the. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been fired from a job because you had to go upstairs. And you were hurt. Uh, I'm sure there's a commercial out there
0: that says that, though. For sure, there's for sure that commercial. Um, all right, who are your three favorite soccer players?
2: Um, I mean, growing up, my screen name for AOL was Mia Ham Wannabe. <laughs> So I loved Mia Hamm, um, but I also, you know, loved, um, I still love, uh, Michelle Akers. Uh-huh. Um, and I actually got to meet both of them. I, I worked, I coached with Mia Hamm at one of her camps for team first. Um, and I was in heaven. Like, I, I don't think I said like more than two words to her though. Cause I was so nervous, <laughs> um, But so those two, you know, the 99ers as a whole, you know, they were my role models growing up. And then now I think I would say like Crystal Dunn. I really like her. Um, I think she's super talented and just seems like an amazing human being, Um, a good role model. So those are my three. I narrowed it down.
0: Awesome. Uh, And for those of you out there listening, uh, the AOL screen name was the Instagram handle before the Instagram handle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we
1: might have to do a history uh, history lesson on that.
0: So, first of all, I think we would have to go back on a history lesson and the idea of, like, what AOL actually was. <laughs> Second, what
1: the uh, AOL um instant messenger was. Um, like you couldn't be on your house phone and be on the internet at the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like you picked up your house phone, all you got was that like dial tone or, or not the dial. Tone. And then this
0: is, again, we're talking pre pre text messaging or at least pre free text messaging. Right. It used to be like yeah. 15 cents as text message. So you ended up having to, <laughs> you, you waited, you waited the entire day for see to see if somebody would be online and could you chat with them? Um, yeah. Talk yeah. About- I'm glad you got, Oh, we, I, oh, believe me. I listen, I've had the same. So my, my AOL username, screen name, whatever it was, um, has carried over as my, everything that I have, um, that anytime requires some sort of a username, it's been the same one. I don't change it. Uh,
1: Oh,
2: you don't have an AOL email address, do you?
1: No, no, not anymore. <laughs> I've seen, when I see people that have AOL email address, I just know they're like an OG of the internet. Like you've been around. I know. Like
2: for a while. <laughs> I know.
1: That's like that's like if you ever run
0: across the MS at, at MSN.com. Yeah. 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 See? Oh man, we are we are taking everybody back through a history lesson of uh of good old internet times. it's um, bad when
1: I'm taking you through a history lesson.
0: Yeah, you're the young one here. So, um, yeah, this those Oh, man. Oh, I remember those uh, people signing your yearbook with their with their with their screen name to make sure that, you know, you kept up with them over the summer because you were there was no everybody just disappeared unless you you hung out
1: like unless you had the bikes, you know, you guys are gone. Yeah,
0: yeah pretty much. Well, Stephanie, yeah. speaking of social media, uh, because we know we know you in general really like social media for the uws and the lancaster inferno
2: yeah
0: tell everybody where they need to go and follow uh in general for uws uws league two and lancaster inferno
2: um, the handle for uws is at uws soccer um and we're on instagram linkedin facebook twitter youtube youtube would be you have to search united women's soccer Um and then UWS League Two, it's at UWS League and the number two um, on the same platforms. And then for Lancaster Inferno, it's at Lank Inferno.
0: Awesome. Let's make sure everybody goes and follows them. Um the Union Diamonds will soon be launching an AOL uh, screen name. <laughs> we we are back um, on AOL. Uh, if anybody wants to, that was, all right. So there you go. AOL was like the the live tweeting before live tweeting was a was a thing too.
2: You yeah, know,
0: you could you would talk
2: shows.
0: <laughs> now it's Facebook Messenger. and Now it's DMs and all this other stuff. And man, we've come a long way. Um, but Stephanie. Thank you so much for coming, coming on the podcast today. We really appreciate it. We also really uh, appreciate and want to say thank you for all the work uh, you've done um, from an administrative perspective on the UWS side for us at Delaware Union um, and just in general for the league. Um, You know, I can't imagine your job in general because you seemed like you have a lot going on. Um, But um, communication is a big thing for me. And when I reached out to you, you reached right back out and we got on the phone probably 48 hours later. Um, and to me, that, that was huge. That was like the big selling point. I think I called in right after and I was like, this is what we got to do. We have to do this. Uh, this is what we've been talking about. Uh, so we just want to say thank you for everything you're doing for women's soccer um, around the country and in, in Canada as well.
2: Thank you. And I'm really excited that you guys are part of the league.
0: All right. So uh, let's move on to uh, a, a big, a little bit of an announcement to a certain extent. So Duane and I um, came up with this idea and I think it's ultimately going to work out. So we'll, we'll have a little more information as we go on, but something we have just somewhat secured or, or, or in the process of kind of putting together is uh so Strive, um, which is a leadership organization from, from Wilmington, and we've had Linda on the podcast before, uh, we are working with them to set up basically a monthly um, like podcast like series to a certain extent. So they're going to come on once a month with a topic about leadership, and we're going to talk about it on the podcast. Um, I'm really yeah, excited about that. going be
1: good. Uh, a lot of the stuff they do is great. Uh, I've actually noticed that in my sessions this week, some of the leadership activities we've been doing have been starting to click. So a little success story for the people at Strive. Wednesday night, we're training. I turned my back to talk to one of my assistants. The other seven boys we were doing a passing pattern. They, they were struggling at first. I turned around to talk to the assistant. I turned around, I'm like, whoa, how'd you guys fix this? you are like, oh, we problem solved. I was just like, whoa, problem solving leadership? Like, who are you guys? So they were able to fix things and their own, like the passing pattern themselves, like coach didn't have to stop show them anything. They were able to work their own problems out. So that was, it's a good success story from the people with, with strive and what they do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and that's a, that's a, such a huge thing, such a huge component. Um, there's a lot of things we're already basically, you know, somewhat or taking notes on for, for the women's team over the summer that we're going to introduce um, as a way to you know, find you know part of the women's summer team is going to be them getting to know each other uh, fairly quickly. So this is going to be a way that we're going to be able to do some different things and different activities to get them to know each other, which is which is going to be good. So, um, yeah, so very exciting stuff. Um, and you know what else was exciting this this past week was the the start of a lot of college soccer. Um, so so we wanted to kind of check in on our friends. Um, so, you know, one of our, one of our best friends on the podcast, uh, is coach Mike Baracaro from, from the UD women's soccer team. Um, and they went down to George Mason yesterday, um, in their first game and they, they won two nothing.
1: Hey, so, that's good. So big shout out to them. Um, Hey Mike, I know you're listening. I was there last Saturday or Sunday. Whatever day it was, I was there. You guys were at Dover, played at DSU. Wasn't allowed to stay, but I was there. <laughs> there you go. Um,
0: so so big shout out to uh to Gabrielle Johnson and Kate Hennessy for scoring the two goal two goals for the Blue Hens. Um I unfortunately didn't get to watch the game, uh, because I was running back and forth in practices or I was in the middle of practice uh when they played. So uh it, it was it was gonna be Uh, I was looking forward to it. There were an ESPN plus, so that was going to be really cool to to watch that game. Um, So, but their next game uh, will be against Dell state on, uh, on three, nine on Tuesday. So, um, and then obviously, you know, on our, on our calendars that we had circled already was March 20th at 1. PM against North Carolina. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to go doing um, uh, based on some of the things I've heard from the university of Delaware, from, from my wife too, that, uh, they're, they're, they're trying to keep things as, as tight as they possibly can for, for the right reasons. You know, they want the kids to be safe and the students to be safe. So, um, so things are, so I don't think we'll be able to get in, uh, at the Stewards and Suzanne Grant stadium. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, <laughs> all right. So for those of you that, that cannot see this, uh, I will describe the, uh, Dwayne has one of these uh, fluorescent yellow vest that, uh, you know... Important people wear. Important people slash possibly crossing guards uh, wear. Are you doubling as a crossing guard too uh, on the on the side? As well? Um,
1: It depends on... I'll probably walk down the street and see what the consensus is. I look like a crossing guard, I look like a construction worker, I look like a ball boy. Maybe I throw like CAA over the front of this. <laughs> and with the cricket and i become a ball boy um you know what i'll be there i'll be there mike
0: (laughs) oh man i i am not claiming any of that because i don't want to get in trouble uh so that's that's on you man uh i'm gonna leave you out on the island for that one um but yeah definitely at least gonna for sure try to watch it uh if we can't if we can't be there uh, but you know, there's still there's still plenty of time, so maybe 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 something will change by the time March 20th rolls around.
1: Uh, maybe a guest pass, bubble bubble pass. We'll call it that. We'll call it a bubble pass. If you ride in the back of the ambulance, double up his EMTs. <laughs> <laughs> now we just look at it. It, it, it looks somewhat desperate, but you know what, though that,
0: that's gonna be a fun game. So I, I wanna I would want to be there. Um and then our other friend uh from across the country. Uh, we want to big send a big shout out to Miss Kelly Brown, uh, who is the head coach at Regis uh University, uh, Ranger Up. Um, I sent her a text message uh the other day while she was in the middle of her game because uh I had forgotten to send it to her before. Uh basically saying, like, hey, like super happy for you, like congrats on your first like, you know, uh, head head coach head college head coach college game. Um uh so uh Regis played against Colorado School of Mines uh, and they tied 1-1. I got to watch the game actually cuz I I got home by the time they were in the second half. Um so Regis actually tied the game uh in the 88th minute. Um to send it to overtime, played two overtimes, ended up in a 1-1 draw. Uh but but really good um for them uh you know, it's safe
1: for- to say. We need to go back to her podcast. You're down one goal, five minutes left. Yeah, that's oh my goodness, that's such a good point. We gotta go back to we gotta go back a couple episodes and say so. We know
0: we know what she said. We know she was like going for it. Is that what she said? Oh, yeah, she was she was going for it. We were talking about how Fields, her husband, uh he was parking the bus five minutes in.
1: Oh, yeah, he scored a goal and parking it.
0: Yeah, he's yeah, but no, no, not Kelly. Kelly was going Kelly was gonna go all out with it so. Uh, so yeah, so she she manages to get a, a you know a good result against Colorado School of Mines. Uh, so
1: shout out to the Audrey. Colorado, T. Hold on, so the Colorado School of Mines. Mines, yeah. Like, are they miners? I'm not entirely sure. Is that like their like big major there, the miners? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I don't know.
0: But you know what? We do know somebody that knows their coach. So maybe maybe we'll get maybe we'll get just, their coach the
1: coach on the maybe i'm just curious i just need some more insight on what what that school is all about
0: yeah make sure you tweet us uh, or 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 dm us or something like that if you had any information on the colorado school of mines we would for sure love to hear about it uh so yeah so shout out to um audrey teague for scoring the the goals the goal for the rangers all right doing player of the match uh, I, I think you and I are kind of on the same page, or kind of heading the same direction, at least. Uh, so obviously no secret here that we are Barcelona fans. Um, so my player of the match goes to Ivan Rakitic. Uh, obviously doesn't play for Barcelona anymore, but plays for Sevilla. Uh, Sevilla loses to Barcelona. Spoiler alert! I guess if you didn't watch the game,
1: but if you didn't watch the game, you missed a great game. So. Um, oh, the game.
0: <laughs> but they so they asked Rakitic, I guess, after the game or something like that on 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 his relationship with Messi. And he said, here's what I told him. Um, you know, you may have won Champions League. You may have gotten like you may have won La Liga a bunch of times, all this stuff. But I have something on you that you have never won and probably will never win. The Europa League.
1: Oh, my <laughs> God.
2: <laughs>
0: And I thought, and I thought that is such a great idea of like the spirit of the game. It's just, it's fun, right? Like, yeah, does it suck to
1: lose? Um, you don't want to be in the Europa League, but still,
0: <laughs> yeah, <I definitely. laughs> yeah, you got that over, you got that over them, you know. Obviously, um, Copa del Rey semifinals, Barcelona goes on to the finals, and you wanna, you, you obviously want to get there. Um, but yeah, and also a second shout out to Athletic Bilbao who made it to the final after beating Levante yesterday. Um, so athletic,
1: athletic, yeah, Inaki Williams, man. Uh, I'm telling you, watch that final and watch Inaki Williams. He is going to turn it up because he only turns it up against one team. <laughs> I mean, they've yeah, they've already they've this. They're going for the second title
0: against Barcelona this year. So right, they're away. going
1: for Europa League spot somehow.
0: There you go. Yeah. Um. All right. Who's your player of the match, doing?
1: A player of the match is Jordi Alba. He didn't score, but oh. My gosh, did he make me jump out of this chair when he shot that ball? Like, I don't even know how he missed it, but I was on a Zoom for work, um, talking to some folks that had the iPad going next to me, and he shot that ball, and I jumped out of my chair, and everybody just kind of stopped and was like, Are you okay? Like, do we need to call 911? Like, what just happened? That was like Jordy Alba happened. Sorry, I'm watching soccer over here. Jordy Alba just ripped this ball. You know, and it's not just that. He's done a great job this year. And he's had a lot of like criticism because he's getting older and, you know, they want the new generation of Barcelona players to come in, but he's been holding it down. You know, he still shows he could be a world-class left back. Maybe not the top left back, like he used to be uh, just for like speed, but Hey, he's still hanging in there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, we're going to stay, we're going to stay somewhat with the Spanish theme for the on this day in history. So on this day in soccer history, March 5th, uh, 2008, Fernando Torres becomes the first Liverpool Liverpool player in 62 years to score hat-tricks in consecutive games at Anfield. Um, so he scores a hat-trick against West Ham. And before that, he had scored a hat-trick against Middlesbrough. Um, so, yeah. The last player to do that was Jack Ballmer in 1946.
1: And for those who didn't, who don't know, Fernando Torres, before he went to Chelsea, and before he went back to Atletico, he was a beast at Liverpool. Like, he, was a, he was a
0: beast at Atletico Madrid before that, too. Before, the first time. The first time, yeah. Yeah, good El Nino Torres, um, because he always looked like a little boy. <laughs> Regardless of how old he was, he, that guy never aged. You looked yeah. at him. He never. He never. He never aged.
1: Still had the blood streaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. All right. So uh, before we wrap up, obviously we want to make sure we give out our fair play of the week awards. Uh, my my fair play goes out to to Mike Mike B uh, from UD uh, Women's Team. Um, it, you know, it, it sometimes it's really good and it's really important to to make sure you say thank you to those people that. Um, or, or give a compliment, um, whenever the compliment is not necessarily needed. And those are the times where they're, they're needed the most. Um, and, and Mike B gave me a compliment, uh, last week, uh, last Friday or the last Saturday morning or Sunday morning. He actually Sunday morning, he called me and said, Hey, I just want to, you know, I want to tell you this something. And he, he told me something that was that I didn't think I needed, but I needed. Um, so it was, it, 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 it honestly made my, the rest of my day, um and probably this entire week really really good, um so you know uh so I just want to say thank you, um and I told Dwayne what what you said and and I think from Dwayne as well uh thank you as well because uh it, it that comment made that meant a lot to us.
1: Yeah, no it's big things, especially coming from you know someone at that level that you know there we're just two guys, right? <laughs> Yeah. Guys that coach you soccer, so someone from like a higher level who has access to tons of resources and networking opportunities. It's it's good to hear.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so I just want to say thanks. Um, so, my challenge to anybody out there listening is um, give, give somebody a compliment that maybe doesn't ask for it or, or, but just if you got something, if you think somebody's doing something really well, um, go ahead and tell them. Uh, it's important. Uh, it's it's important. I think it makes you feel good in general to say it, but I think at the same time the person hearing it is gonna appreciate it. So make sure you go out there and say that.
1: Slides so right into my fair play of the match. Um, go for it. fair play of the week. It goes to you, Sebastian, for I think like Tuesday or Wednesday, we were going through kind of my schedule for the year. I kinda of had an idea of the model I wanted to pursue with this group. Um, kind of modeling that after our high school girls team and how we split that up. So I, I've lived it, but it's kind of like the behind the scenes. How do we actually put this to fruition? So just a big shout out to you for you know talking me through it, helping me find tournaments and you know helping me sort everything out with that group.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, listen, I think as I said this before, um, and we said this to to our up up and coming new guest hosts on the podcast, hopefully starting next Friday. Um, my goal at, at some point is for, for all of you to, to, to do more of this stuff. And my, I'm the way I look at it is someone's taught me how to do it and I'm hopefully doing a better job than they are. And hopefully at some point, someone's going to do a better job than I am. Um, because if, 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 if you're, if you're not able to be replaced, right. To a certain extent, then you're not doing your job correctly uh, you want somebody to come in and do a better job than you were. Um, so I think that's, that's the key. Um, so yeah, no, I appreciate that. That
1: That's, that means a lot. So, well, awesome. Yeah. Helping me out as Danny kids say, you showed up with an entire army. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's funny. Um, all right. So, so yeah, so I mean, that's, that's pretty much wraps up the week. Um, Every time we record this, I feel like we we just feel like we just get started and we're about to end. Uh, so we just want to say, th- obviously again, continuing to say thank you for all of you out there listening, uh, and thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.